feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer. I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Well, college rule. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. I'm Chris. This is Dom. Back again. Please give all of our social medias a follow, a like, a comment, whatever you want. Really, mainly Instagram, YouTube. We're trying to get those numbers up. And if you have any suggestions, just drop a comment. You know what I'm saying. And, uh, man, we're right back on the hardwood today. Who are we talking about? Back on the hardwood. Um, we're talking about one of the most electric point guards not only to come out of New York City, but in the NBA during the time that he played in there, but uh, has some uh, controversy that also comes with him, which we'll uh, discuss later. Give it up for Stefan Marbury, everybody. The well, Starbury. The Starbury. Well, what I found uh, interesting when researching, there was a lot of articles or whatever that would say the rise and fall of Stefan Marbury. And I remember after researching it, it was more like the rise, fall, then rise again. Yep, he rises like, like a, a phoenix, phoenix from Arizona. <laughs> yes, he does. We'll talk about that we'll later. We'll talk about that one later. Stefan Xavier Marbury, born February 20th, 1977 in New York City. And he was New York to the core. Yep. Coney Island out of Brooklyn. Um, six of seven kids, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. older brothers were also really good basketball players. Yes. all It was a bas- It is a basketball family. They yeah. even have like cousins and, and you know what I mean? So they are they're definitely very basketball centric. So he grew up around this game. Yeah. Not only that, and his brothers, like they weren't just, you know, you know, hardwood or uh, blacktop court stars. They were guys who played D1 basketball. Yes. Like, I mean, they advanced farther in their careers than most people. And in a basketball crazy city like New York, it's kind of what you want. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you want. Um, following in the footsteps of guys like Mark Jack- Jackson and uh, Kenny Anderson. Yeah, I saw a story because obviously his brothers would be out playing for all hours of the day. And out of nowhere, Stefano would just run on the court as a little kid, steal the ball and just run away. Yep. Like literally like keeping the ball away. Like that was his personal game. And they were talking about it. They were just like, yeah, yeah. That's when he first started to get his ball handling skills because we were ready to whoop his ass. We were just like, give us the ball. We're trying to play. And he would would like go under cars. (laughs) He just hide under there, go in the sewer. Stefan. No, it's tied at 10. We need the ball back. We need it, Stefan. We need you. So uh, goes up with uh, AAU New York Gauchos, which I guess is a pretty famous team, yep. and uh, starts dominating at Abraham Lincoln High School. And Lincoln is just one of those top New York teams. You know what I mean? Where where you see a you see, and it's so weird where you see high school guys coming out of New York and they just wear Lincoln. And you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly. there it is again, right? <laughs> But uh, his senior year, he's New York State Mr. Basketball, averaging almost 28 and over eight a game. Yeah. Like, he's the probably the best point guard recruit coming out this year and one of the top recruits overall in 1995. But we see in 1995, we see a lot of guys maybe not going to college. You yeah. know, this is this era. This is We're finally starting to see it again, Chris. I know. Old we're Moses st- Malone. Old Moses Malone. So he goes to the 95 McDonald's All-American game, um, and he meets up with some future players and stars that he plays with against all of that, like Kevin Garnett's there, mm-hmm. Paul Pierce, Antoine Jameson, 
Um, all of these guys. You know what Vince I mean? Vince Carter's like, probably there, Vin, too. Vince. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Kobe Bryant was at that one. but No, because he was a high schooler the following year. Yeah. So he would have been a junior. You're right, because he comes out in the 96. Yeah. You're right. So he so, wasn't in the senior. Yeah. So, uh-huh. like, that's what it, it's... There's so many stars in this pack, though, of like two years where you could see Stefan going to the NBA. Yeah, like it's it's a legit possibility because he's what, about 6'3", 190 already as a senior in high school. Yes. So you're thinking like, duels are there, you know. Like, I was just going to say with all the handle and the scoring that you want, because he was one of the better penetrators. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he is. Um, but it, he, him and really Allen Iverson from that era, like you look at it, you're just like, those were, you know. I mean, not necessarily as uh, strong a shooter as Iverson. Yep. But, I mean, the ability to be a point guard as far as ball handling, being a slick passer, and, and just scoring and drawing double teams. Yes. I was going to say, just being that point guard that controls the, the game and all of that. So he decides to go to Georgia Tech, which it, it's – Stay and see. I mean, everyone stayed in school, it yep. seems, except for Kevin Garnett that year actually yep. took the leap. But uh, plays his freshman season at Georgia Tech. And you remember how we did our Duncan episode and we're just like, he's coming along nicely. Mm-hmm. Stefan just lights it up in the ACC his freshman year. And, and shows that he can play at that next level. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, he shows he is a one and done. It's not anything crazy. Um, like you were saying, he was he was probably ready as a senior in high school. He was six three, and you know what I mean. So, but that's what what amazes me is no one was even thinking one and done at this point. It was very rare, if at all, for that to happen. You're right. So he plays one awesome, successful year for Georgia Tech. They make the Sweet 16. But I feel like in this era, stuff's changing so much. Carnett goes straight from high school. Yeah. So he's like, you know, I could go straight from right here, one and done. A lot of guys probably saw that and were like, here we go. He was like, I took that step. I know it's ahead of me, and yep. I know what the money is. I think that's the other thing, oh, the yeah. money ahead of him. It's so you, ridiculous. You, when you're a, a true freshman and you're an AP third team All-American, yeah, the the money you are an automatic lottery pick unless you're burying hookers somewhere. Yes, like that's just you know what it is. You know, so, we all have different college experience. Yeah, no. Sometimes we go to a party and things happen, and you know, got a shovel. You know, you, know. you got to return some videotapes, like Patrick Bateman. I need my tools, <laughs> chains. Damn it, McGriff. Bondage, fetish shit, tools. <laughs> so. We he plays the one season at Georgia Tech, one and done, goes pro, and he enters arguably the strongest draft pool Without in a doubt. the history of the NBA from like top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So like this is what I'm saying. Kobe Bryant goes thirteenth, AI goes first, uh jeez. Steve I, Nash I, is oh, in there. Steve Nash, Marcus Camby goes in there. Marcus Camby goes two, and everyone's just like that's the only bad pick. That's so those Raptors. <laughs> but it, it wasn't bad in the time. It's one of those. No. Um, yeah. God, Nash was at the bottom there. Um, but then we have the two guys that flop, which is Stefan Marbury and Ray Allen. Yeah. And so Marbury's pick fourth. The first pick in this draft, we did an episode on if you want to listen to it, Allen Iverson. Uh, so he's the second point guard off the board, and he goes fourth to the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm-hmm. Who then immediately have a trade to the number seven team who takes Ray Allen or no, no I think they were the fifth pick, right? No, I, I think they're seven. I don't know. No, whatever. I, they yeah. they flip flop with the Milwaukee, Milwaukee and Minnesota flip flop picks and a future one for uh uh Minnesota. Yep. So. so Minnesota now 
Last year, they pick up Kevin Garnett straight from high school. Now they're picking up Marbury, and they think this is going to be their one-two punch that, I mean, is essentially could take them to a championship. And they had been, like, straight ass before they got Oh, Garnett. they were the worst. I mean, it was like a death sentence to go there. Yes. Like, so, Garnett, towards the end of his rookie year, I know was playing really well. And then you bring in Marbury, and you're like, wow, we finally have a team together. Yes. And... They were. They were really up. They were an ex- the West, the West during this era was just a whole bunch of good teams. Well, and you see, uh, in his first year, he's second in rookie of the year voting. And mm-hmm. like you said, the Timberwolves actually look like a good young team where they make the playoffs. All or I don't know if they made the playoffs the first year, but they mm-hmm. they definitely are. They lost to Houston. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they lost to Houston, but they definitely are looking like potential you know what i mean it's all potential everybody's like 20 years old yeah marbury is what yeah 19 20 years old yeah. garnett is the same age yep. like it's insane and when your rookie point guards averaging 16 and 8 a game and you have one of the best power forwards of all time in your front court that's something to smile about yep following year goes 17 and almost nine unfortunately they lose to the sonics in the postseason the west was strong west was strong yeah you're winning 50 games and you're like a seven or eight seed that's i know like it's, oh jeez, brutal <laughs> but uh now we start getting into the lockout times because a lot of these guys we do episode on play during the lockout yep, time 99 98 season um and there's a bit of a riff that's happening in the in minnesota so he hates the cold, and he hates the way Minnesota is. Yes. Um, he feels like he's entitled to a pretty big contract. Yeah, and the team is, has money to give out big contracts, and, and they, they're giving one out. And they give out a huge contract to Garnett, and he also feels like it's not a big enough market because he wants to be – this is when he starts to see this, like – Starberry brands that he's kind of envisions as like I could have my own shoe, I could yeah. be Jordan, I you know what I mean, all that kind of stuff, which isn't crazy, but is what he thinks is not possible in Minnesota. Yeah, like it's not, and it, I think it would be different if he played somewhere like Los Angeles, New York, you know, a bigger city way into basketball, Chicago at the time. Well, I mean, obviously post bowls, but still like uh, Jordan, but it's. Let's just say there's some rifts happening, and it's starting to show. It's and starting to show. It's yes. starting to show. Not that he's not playing well. No. Uh, unfortunately, during the season, they just say screw it. They traded him. Mm-hmm. They traded him so he could go find that new contract and get a new point guard. Well, they said they said that there was a couple of reports. One was like he demanded the trade. He wanted to go to New York. Another one was that Minnesota was just fed up, and they were obviously backing Garnett, who Garnett was like. This is done. Yeah. So uh, they do a three-way trade: Marbury to the Nets, um, Cassell to Milwaukee, Milwaukee, and then I forget the last one. Terrell Brandon goes to Minnesota. Terrell. One of the other pieces in this uh, trade I wanted to point out: a man named Bill Curley. Do you know who that was? No. The guy that the Spurs drafted for the Pistons so they could get Sean Elliott. Oh shit! The, yep. That's a good one. That's uh, a spider web. That's solid old Bill Curley. <laughs> In 31 games, though, in New Jersey, he puts up some of his best stats, though. He is. Because he's just a scoring machine. Yep. And people are saying this is what he wanted. He wanted to be top guy on a not bad team, but like he wanted to be like, this is my my team. I'm the all-star here. Yeah. And 
stats galore that year. Yep. Over 23 a game, almost nine assists. Following season, he's all NBA third team and an all-star for the first time. But uh, the Nets aren't that good. The Nets are not good. In fact, the two and a half seasons he's there, well, even though he's averaging over 23 and eight a game, the problem is they're not making the playoffs. No. They're not making the playoffs. They're just not a great team. And this is something that I feel like kind of plagues his career. So he gets traded from the Nets to the Suns. July 2001. And the Suns trade Jason Kidd and what essentially was a bad team in the Nets becomes... Literally the only Nets team I can even remember being a good that team. That wasn't god-awful. It, or that wasn't just like mediocre. Yes, with Kenyon Martin and him and, and you Richard know what I Jefferson, mean. Jefferson, yep. those guys, yeah, 100%. So, and this is this is what I mean is like he almost is like, was he the problem? Because it's, it's a weird... It, it's, it's almost though like... Jason Kidd is one of those dudes that everywhere he went, though, he brought the exact same thing to him. Yes. And that maybe more unselfish as far as scoring. I know who's on my team. I mean, if you, and leading. you want to be on it, and this is no disrespect to guys like Kmart and Richard Jefferson, those, the, the finals don't happen for the Nets unless he's their point guard. Oh, 100%. And no disrespect to Mark. Maybe he just fit better, but you could see over the next three or four, to four to five seasons, how much better New Jersey was without well, almost let's say addition by subtraction, but it's a little weird. Yeah, it's a little weird. So we'll he goes to Jason Kidd episode. Yeah, so he goes to Phoenix, um, and st- this is the thing: he, it's not a de- a decline in play for him. He so, makes an All Star team again. So he goes to Phoenix and is playing amazing. It's just looking at the team that he left and how well they do. Yeah, no, and that's the sad part. They only made the playoffs one of those two seasons he was in Phoenix, and they lose in the first round. He's not even made it out of the first round of any of these playoffs. No. Series, Chris. <laughs> and they were talking about this again was almost like the Timberwolves where you had um, Sean Marion and uh, Stoudemire. And yeah. It was this young team, and he just almost like couldn't – They, he wasn't either given the – responsibility to lead them or he couldn't you know what i mean so it's like why would i give it to these guys who haven't played i'm just gonna drive to the basket and huck up 20 shots exactly exactly like spread it around and then who do they replace him with in phoenix chris so well this This is is, this is what's crazy so he starts the 0304 year with the suns and he a huge trade goes down Mm -hmm. in which um it is he gets traded to the knicks yes and in this trade, oh, wow. was it a three-way deal? No, it's just two-way okay. with uh, the Knicks and Suns. It's, okay, it's just Knicks and Suns. Yeah. So the point guard that the Knicks give up to get him, Charlie Ward. Listen to that episode. Spiderwebs, I told you. And as because it, it is really like a bunch of other like uh, players, you know who was exchanged to in that deal, Penny Hardaway and Antonio McDice. Yep. That was crazy. And uh, a couple of first-round picks yep. that, that Suns kind of turned into shit. And it, it, so just speaking on this, so Charlie Ward goes to Phoenix, ends up being their backup because Suns get Nash, and then <sighs> Phoenix then has one of their best spirits of that time. They had like a six or seven year window. Yep. Where Nash won a couple MVPs. Maybe some questionable bill officiating knocked him out of maybe some championship runs, or they just did, and they just didn't get it done when yep. they were the number one seed, too. That, it's like they it's like they bring him in and he's an all-star, 
but you're finishing 33 and 49. Exactly, exactly. And like, I don't know if it's a lack of chemistry or what, but my God, it, it, it has to kind of suck a little bit to be like, am I the problem? Yes. Like, am I the problem? So he goes to the Knicks, which is the team that obviously he's always wanted to play for. Yeah. He's New York through and through. His uh, shoe line is starting to come through. Mm. Um, and then we get into the 2004 Olympics. Yes, we do. Where this is like the first real decline. Because like in this, this is all stuff that we can kind of like look back at. But in yeah. the era, nobody was really saying like he was the pro. It was more like he really is one of like a top three point guard. Let's see. You know what I mean? Those Olympics, you're just like, what are these guidos from Argentina? What is this sorcery from yes. this Mano Ginobili character and the rest sorcery. of them? <laughs> sorcery. But no, they end up getting the bronze medal. Mm -hmm. Last time they got bronze was when, granted, Mitch Richmond and David Robinson are in the Hall of Fame, but they're in college playing against grown Soviet people like the Sabone Zone. <sighs> like, they lost professionally, like as a, a team of yeah. professionals to a team of professionals, which so can't have that. It's the first time that um, USA ever lost the Olympics where they sent a line of professionals and... What Marbury said was that he got – there was such a rift between him, a couple of other guys, and the coach. Yeah. So there was this, like, huge divide, which is – he said in this interview I saw where he was like, I still think we were the best team. We just weren't a team. And you're like, okay, that kind of makes sense because yeah, – you look back at that first dream team, though, how all of them were just like, let's beat everyone by 80 points. That was that was the dream team was the dream team. I can't even. <laughs> um, but so the coach is Larry Brown. And he which says, is oh, boy, he says he was just like after the Olympics were done. I was just like, I'm never going to have to play for this guy again. That was probably one of the worst experiences of my life. Surprise. Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, who's the president of basketball at the Knicks, because the Knicks are the most well-run franchise in basketball. You want some fun Isaiah Thomas action. You listen to that. There's so many. There's so many spiderwebs. There's so many. We want to talk about spiderwebs. I want to talk about spiderwebs. You want to talk about webs? are the Starbury spiderwebs. So he hires Larry Brown, even though he literally like pleads with him. Marbury pleads with Isaiah, like, please don't bring him. That is in. the most Isaiah Thomas thing to do. Not to say that, you know, like Marbury doesn't have issues with people, but like for your the guy that you gave up all this for to come in, be your point guard, your hometown hero, for him to be like, like anybody else. Yes. No. Anybody. Um, so then the Knicks have one of their worst seasons ever. Oh, God. Um, and people are saying, like, if you look back at that team, they weren't a great team, but they were like a fourth, fifth, you know what I mean? Kind of seed team in the East. And they literally, I think they went like 27 and 100. You and know what I mean? They were so bad. But when you're 28, your old point guard is averaging 22 and 8 a game. It's not like it's, you shouldn't lose that many games yep. it's just so a dysfunctional and in 0405 to add more salt into the wounds that was the year phoenix had the best record in the western conference exactly and nash won an mvp exactly like and that's what people were saying was it, it now the question starts to come out but now the avalanche starts in new york just the absolute him being testy with the media with the coaches everything else like that um 
New York Daily News, Michael O'Keefe called him the most reviled athlete in New York. Which is crazy because he was New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and this is what I this is what I just brought up was right before this was going into the Olympics, into getting traded to New York. There was so much hype around him that he was like going to release this shoe and it was going to be like this huge thing. And then it just this year almost like tanked everything that he had built up. Yeah. All the all the goodwill like people. I mean, if you're making flashy plays, they'll ignore the mediocrity in first round playoff exit. Like you're making all star teams like he did. They'll ignore that. They'll ignore it. But he was trying to market these shoes for like fifteen dollars, which nobody would do. They weren't great shoes, but no, it, it, it is this thing that. Everything kind of went to shit where you almost saw, like, I wonder what would have happened if Larry Brown didn't take over. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, if somebody else, who knows? May, 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 well, we'll get into it because uh, after 05, 06. Larry um, Brown's out. Larry Brown's out. But who steps in, Chris? Isaiah Thomas. Our friend. As, as the president says, you know what? I can pull this off. Um, I think I'm going to start touching some employees, get some sticky fingers down as president of uh, operations or whatever. But he does become the head coach. And he said in an interview where he thought he could teach Stefan to be the leader that he should be. And it was one another one of those oh, cases no. exactly where they just did not get along. And it started this is one that actually people were saying because it started great. Yeah. Like they had an unbelievable record through like 40 games. Yeah. And then I think they lost something like 33 out of their last 40. You know what I mean? They finished 33 and 49. Yes. Like after just coming out gangbusters. It was, it was really fun. It was really horrible. Um, uh, yes, the following season, he gets to testify at Thomas's gonna, yep. trial for sexual harassment. Go, we we talked about it a little in the other episode. You can yeah. check that out. Um, apparently, he was banging it. Uh, uh, Marbury uh, alleged, or apparently, had said he had banged an intern in a car outside of a strip club because that's what Steph does, Chris. It's true. That's what he does. That's why uh, back Ty in five. Angle Studios or record everything. That's why he can't have interns anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus Christ. All your recording needs. All of them. Uh, so 2007, 2008, um, he just leaves the team. Yes. He just he just says, I'm on a break. Well, how long? I'm on a break. This is where you kind of see his mental stuff kind of start to break down uh, because his brand didn't do so well, and he just keeps having problems with coaching. Um, Thomas is out. Mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni comes in. The guy who was leading Phoenix for all those years. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't necessarily click right away. No. You know what I mean? So, like, it is one of these things where Marbury literally wants to just be told, like, you're the star, you're the everything, and they won't give him that. It's it's almost like, it's like, well, yeah, you talk about wanting to be a hockey player, but you know what? You're not very good. <laughs> No, he, this guy is an all. But in this type of NBA, his type of skill set, it will help you win a championship, but it is not going to put you on his back and carry you to one. Yes, and have his ass kissed the entire time. Yes, like yet you need teammates, friend. Yes, I a hundred percent agree with that. And he was not. So I think D'Antoni told him that he was going to come off the bench. Yeah, and he refused. So like, there's all of this stuff where. Really, just like for six months, it was horrible in New York. 
Um, like being a part of that locker room had to just be like, yeah. If if you were just like a ninth or tenth guy on the bench, just like going to work every day, nope. like you're leaving, your your wife's like, honey, you don't need to go. I know, kind of do, but I I know I don't want to. Um, so they suspend him from all basketball, you know, practice locker room, and then they pretty much just get in line to buy out the rest of his contract because oh yeah, they were trying to trade him from when Isaiah was still the coach, and nobody would trade for him because his contract was huge. Well, his contract was number one huge, but you would have to think, you know, him the person only being like 30, 31 years old, still with gas in the tank, and mm-hmm. not a soul biting or looking to restructure a contract. I mean, oof. it's brutal. That's a bad look. It is. It's a not to, but I mean, that's not not a good look. It's not a good look. And granted, the Knicks at this time, as we went over in our Thomas episode, not you know necessarily prone to making correct decisions, but Jesus Christ, or creating a culture of winning or, or positivity. Any kind of relevant, relevant decision-making. I didn't know uh, they still had a team at Madison Square Garden. They got uniforms and everything. Um, so he, he gets the buyout of his contract and goes to the Celtics where, to be honest, if you're a fan of Stefan Marbury and you saw him uh, back up Rajon Rondo in the Celtics team, yeah. you were almost thinking like, dude, that's such a great one-two point guard punch. But it was... Almost obvious that he was like, I'm not second fiddle. Yeah. So like they I think they offered him a one year veteran contract, which wasn't the best at that time, but was still, you know. He did, and it's the only time of his career he went he was on a team that advanced past the first round in the playoffs. That too. But, and that's what people were saying was just like if he actually focuses in on being the sixth man, um, but it just wasn't that just wasn't there for him. And I feel like his mental thing at this point starts to deteriorate really bad. Which is insane because he could have played like a Nash until he was in his early 40s. It's not well, like he we, had – well, in the NBA, there though, you go. I mean. There you go. But at his his body was always in top shape. He never suffered any like debilitating, nope, no career-ending any. injuries. I mean, if he had just aged gracefully, I mean, the stats that he could have put up Eventually, yep. might have put him Hall of Fame status. Yeah, anywhere I would say there. so. So he, the Celtics offered him another one-year deal, another one-year deal where he makes the league minimum. But he denies it um, because he thinks another team is going to come in. And to to be cre- to his, be fair, he's thirty-three years old. To where, yeah, no one's going to pay you top dollar to start. But yes, come to a team ready for a postseason push. That exactly, needs hot points off the bench but no team comes in and he kind of spirals and goes into this depression where he says he's going to take a year off of basketball Mm -hmm. he goes on to one of the first live streams um and proceeds to start eating vaseline i don't know if you saw that i did see that and he was was like delicious you know, he just kind of was losing his mind there for a while. There was that episode um, where Lisa was the beauty queen and Homer ate all of the petroleum jelly. It was for her teeth. And he just was finishing it. She's that's what he's doing. Around. Just eating it. He, that's all it reminded me of. Uh, Little Miss Frank Feldman. Uh, his wife said he would sit and he would lay in bed all day and just eat fruity pebbles. And she kept bringing up the fruity pebbles. And I just remember thinking, I was just like... <laughs> That must have been a huge issue in their marriage. They were just like, enough with the fruity pebbles. Stefan, have you not checked out the cocoa brand? 
Um, so he's thinking his basketball career is over, obviously, because this is like where it goes. He's and then, 33, though. This is so like. And it, like what you're saying, I think, is more important. No serious injuries in top physical condition. And then out of nowhere, he gets a call from China. When I'm depressed, I look to China to solve my problems. Chris. I thought you were going to say Fruity Pebbles. Well, also Fruity Pebbles. But, I mean, that's a non-starter. Everyone solves their problems with that's Fruity true. Pebbles. That's true. <laughs> um, so it was kind of an out-of-the-blue call from China in that they this this didn't happen like it, it, like it does now. No. The uh-uh. aging superstar going overseas. You know what I mean? But they saw that he was open. They saw that he was a star, Barry. Um, yes, he was. <laughs> and it was probably one of the best moves, especially for him, that could have happened. Well, he has an income rolling in. He's now the best player in an entire league, which he always wanted to be. Just, could you imagine if he went over there at like 22? Oh, my God. It would have been, He could have been Wilt Chamberlaining like a night, a hundred a night. A scene on a night. So for one year, he plays for the Brave Dragons, which is my favorite team name. Awesome. Um, next year, he plays for the Drillions, which I think is like... Drillions? I, I don't know. I was thinking Dragon Lions. That's why I was saying it like that. That's dope. I like that. I know. I know it wasn't Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? They're getting mythical with it. Yes, they are. And then he finds his home, and this is what everybody was saying because he this is two years he's 35 36 so you're mm-hmm. thinking he's kind of done um he goes to beijing and plays for the beijing ducks which is our team our team obviously you know? we are we are the number one beijing duck fans it's true mm-hmm. um quack i have a tattoo quack quack, <laughs> quack. of emilio estevez roy orbison Roy Orbison. all right so uh i guess the beijing ducks had never won a championship um, he proceeds to win three championships in seven years, which is amazing. Becomes an icon in Beijing, you know. Yeah, they built him a statue. It's like after the first one. Yep. Can you imagine that? Yes, that's that's what everybody's saying. I think he averaged forty five points a, a game, so he was or he he scored forty five in the championship. It was something like that. So it's like he really made himself an icon in China, where he even re. Um, put out his shoe brand which fell apart and yeah. and I mean you can get the labor straight there so well I mean like the amount of cut costs that's what I'm just saying right there I found it funny though he wins the CBA foreign MVP oh yeah which is like oh China they had to could you that. imagine if America had something like because I know they have the same thing in Japan for baseball yes they have that <laughs> only like and you're like you're only allowed to win the foreign you're you're very special in certain ways China which I don't agree with I like it <laughs> racist would be the you know xenophobic whatever whatever you want to call it um so he ends his career and this is what i actually really do love so he he agreed to play one year with the beijing fly dragons who were like a smaller team and then he went on to coach them yeah um and then they after he started coaching them their their uh, record kept improving and he kind of became a coach he became like i said he became such a star in uh China that he won the Foreign Actor Award because they had to fucking yeah, specify. They to specify. They were like, you know what? For a foreigner, top notch. But you know what this reminds me of? When a certain talk man who drove a talking car went over to Germany and started singing, brought down a fucking regime. <laughs> Starbury, 
If they ever change, you'll be our own personal Tiananmen Square. I was just going to say, yeah. if he ever, he's going to bring down the Communist Party that has been plaguing. You know what? We're not going to go there. <laughs> Let's not go to that. We're, we're just we're just joking around about Knight Rider. And what a nice little end chapter, though, to his basketball career. It, and this is what I mean, where it was the rise and fall. And it was, he was literally one of the first athletes, too. I want to point this out, that went crazy on one of the live streams. That, like, he was like the vanguard of that shit where you're just like oh yeah he was going nuts but it was a it was beneficial because he let it all out there had he held it inside he might have like stabbed isaiah thomas but no i'm gonna eat that vaseline my wife is going to serve me fruity pebbles in bed and you know what i'm going to china why am i doing it i don't know oh did i just win a championship did i win another did i oh am i the foreign mvp i'm stefan marbury that's right i did want to point this out i guess uh the spike lee movie um he got game he got game was was about him and if if you watch like kind of the way he went through it you're like oh that kind of makes sense where so it was almost based on him he yeah. like was like went and got scouted by all these schools and like there was all this kind of like so i thought that was interesting and then um yeah just the the really it turned his life around in china and now he's you know China's number one citizen. No number, yeah, they, he's actually very beloved over there in China. Um, it's weird though, because I, I, in my opinion, if he finished his career in the NBA, retires at like thirty-eight to forty, just ride, not necessarily rides a pine, but just comes off the bench, he probably accumulates enough to be a Hall of Famer. I was just gonna say, if he, if he really swallowed his pride and was the number two to Rajon. That would have been a ridiculous... Because they made the finals the following season. I know. Not they lost. The, yes. Yeah, which is really sad because he was a hell of a point guard. He was yes. really fun to watch. And that's what I mean. He was one of the best penetrators. He was like literally one of the best point guards. Probably the best one to come out of New York in that era. Um, yeah. I, I would say the only one that I would put above him... Uh, I don't know. Actually, I'd probably put Nash. But I was thinking AI, AI too. But yeah. But that's... Uh, kid god damn all right whatever this yeah, was a there's, point there's, there's so many good points so he was so good so it's hard to yeah <laughs> it's now that he's bigger in china than he is in the states which i know is crazy i love but, it and now it's in the vaseline industry i mean he did get well, a lot of good he did get a lot of sponsorship thank you all very much <laughs>